Hello, and welcome to the Middle East Forums webinar series, Israel Insider with Ashley Perry. I'm Stacey Roman, and I will be moderating this discussion today. We're pleased to have Mr. Ashley Perry, advisor to the Middle East Forums Israel office, join us here each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern to update us on all the events going on in Israel. Mr. Perry will be giving us a briefing on current Israeli affairs for 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type out your question. And now with no further ado, I'll turn the discussion over to Mr. Ashley Perry. Thank you very much, Stacey, and good evening from Israel. We are 13 days away from our fourth elections uh, in a year and a half, and everything points to another deadlock. Um, I believe only, I saw a recent poll that said, only 23% of the Israeli public believes that uh, we will get out of this deadlock and there'll be some sort of a functioning government after this. So there's a lot of pessimism around that, uh, again, we'll see uh, a very difficult period, perhaps even going for fifth elections. Uh, there was a poll tonight, uh, as there is most nights in Israel, it's become an almost daily occurrence. Um, and there's always a little bit of difference today. Interestingly, the blocks, let's say if you put Yamina uh, in the right-wing block, then the blocks are exactly 60-60. Again, these are not left-right blocks. These are blocks uh, now they're being described on Israeli TV as those who are against Netanyahu and those who are for Netanyahu. Yamina, Naftali Bennett's party is usually put separately, um, but obviously Prime Minister Netanyahu knows that uh, Naftali Bennett has not ruled out sitting with uh, Prime Minister, not ruled out uh, being part of his coalition. The only one who has said, you know, he could uh, he could go either way. He's claimed that he himself considers himself a Prime Minister uh, candidate, but that's probably more than anything else just to get him uh, out of the sticky situation of having to recommend any or claim to recommend anyone else at this point. Also, interestingly, Yamina for the first time and uh, since the uh, poll started have actually. Uh, uh, their numbers have gone beyond Gidon Saar's New Hope party. New Hope, as we know, when it first came uh, onto the scene, Gidon Saar's party was polling in the late teens. It, there was a poll this week that actually put it into uh, single figures, and the headlines across Israel were that Gidon Saar's party is decimated, it's, uh, you know, it's really fallen apart. Um, but um, it's, it's, it's an interesting... Um, uh, development. Probably my assessment is, is because, uh, largely because of Netanyahu's campaigning, which basically every single opportunity he gets, he says, this is election is just between myself and Yelapid. We are the only two candidates for prime minister, no one else. And to a certain extent, he may be right. Um, so I think that Gidon Saar's early uh, sort of rise and saying that he could be an alternate uh, to Prime Minister, galvanized a lot of support around him. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, the numbers are just falling away. And that message is not resonating. He's not managing to, you know, really have a message that resonates with the public. And that's why he's been basically in free fall uh, in the polls ever since. Um, it's, it's a very clever plan by Netanyahu. We spoke in previous weeks about how Netanyahu needs to have an enemy, let's say, or an opponent. Usually he prefers someone who's close to him in the polls, as Livni was many years ago, as Gantz was in the last election, so he can claim that every vote matters. Now, the distance between him and the next party, Yashatid, uh, uh, Yashatid 
is nine, eight, ten. It's it's not a close uh, it's not a close battle uh, for the party uh, you know who receives the most popular vote. Likud is going to win their hands down. It just depends what happens uh, beyond that block. Uh, the interesting another interesting element from the polls tonight are that um, you know there is about three parties which are very very close to uh, not passing the threshold. That did pass the threshold. It should be said that Ram, the Islamist party, according to the latest poll, is not passing the threshold. So they're not counted uh, in that 60, either of those 60 blocks. Um, but merits of blue and white and the religious Zionist parties are apparently all very, very close uh, to falling under. Uh, there's a lot of reports that Likud are trying very hard to make sure that the religious Zionist party, Bitsal Smotrich, Itamar Ben Kavir, etc., that they pass because without those four seats, perhaps even five seats, there's no chance uh, for Likud to have a working government without having to reach significantly across the aisle. So that's very important. And there is even, according at least to media reports, and I'm sure that there is a certain element of truth to it, that there, uh, there is a plan that if at some point they see that um, religious Zionists are not doing so well, there are certain, uh, uh, let's say, groups uh, that will be told to vote for them rather than Likud. Interestingly enough, Likud, which is seen as a right-wing party, has done very little uh, over the green line in the settlements in Judea and Samaria and the West Bank. And that is largely as a sort of unwritten, uh, perhaps sort of unspoken, or maybe spoken behind closed doors, understanding that, uh, that the Likud does not want to take away votes from the religious Zionists. And obviously the religious Zionist party is doing, you know, that where most of its support is, is uh, over the green line. Another interesting element that's coming out is there's still a certain amount of uncertainty. You know, we talked about it uh, a, a few weeks ago, how, um, you know, those who have studied campaigns and elections know that around two weeks, the majority of publics, no matter where it is, have made up their mind where, how they're going to vote. Uh, in Israel, there's at least a fifth to a quarter, it seems, who are not sure of their vote. Um, and this is where it gets interesting, because as we've spoken many, many times, um, the difference between, uh, you know, having a workable coalition and not could be the matter of one seat here, one seat there, one party crossing the threshold, one party not uh, crossing the threshold. So we could talk about thousands of people who can change this elections. Uh, and we've seen that before. What is interesting is when we look at the, the let's say, indecision, where could that indecision uh, be taking place? And if we look, for example, the Likud, usually when someone's indecisive, it's not usually uh, about whether they're going to vote or vote for a certain party, at least according to what they've been polling, it's between two parties. Now, if you look at the political map, usually when someone is uh, indecisive, they're usually you know, going between two relatively like-minded uh, or a similar party, so you can understand why there is a certain. There's probably a certain amount of movement between Yamina uh, of Naftali Bennett and Gidon Sars back and forth, back and forth, because both of them are right-wing parties. Yamina is a little bit more religious-centric, but they're trying to move away from that. But certainly, similar ideologies, economically, socially, uh, religion and state, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you can understand why there's, and and I, and I certainly know a lot of people who are uh, vacillating between the two. You turn to Likud and you want, uh, if someone is deciding to vote for Likud, or, 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 or where they're going to vacillate between, you know, Likud doesn't have a like party. Obviously, Gidon Saar's uh, uh, 
you hope, and even Yamina, are very close ideologically. But, you should, but at this point, because the elections are about whether you want uh, Benjamin Netanyahu to continue as prime minister, there's probably not so much movement. You know, it, most people are very strong on their opinions of uh, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who's been in power 13 years. The last at least three or four elections have been sing almost singularly about uh, Netanyahu. So at this point, most people have made up their mind. Do you want him to stay or do you want him to leave? If you want him to stay, you vote could. If you're on that sort of right of center, uh, not overly religious um, uh, point of view. Um, if you don't want him to stay, then you have Yamina and you hope. So the question is, is and, and by the way, this was borne out by a poll I saw that uh, over 75%, I believe, of Likud uh, respondents to polls are sure of their vote, which shows to a certain extent that again, people who are voting Likud are very, very strong in their opinions. You can find them up and down the country. You know, people who, you know, there's a slogan, Rak Bibi, just Bibi, you know, they will not consider anyone else. But as I said, on the other side of the equation, there's quite a lot of movement. You know, Yesha Tid, if you're left of center, you've got Labour Party. If you're a little bit more left than maybe uh, Merits, you've even got, uh, you know, the Blue and White Party, which is, again, not doing particularly well in the polls, but it's certainly an option. The right wing, not only have you got Yamina, not only have you got uh, Blue, um, uh, New Hope, but you also have Yeshua Betenu, if you're more secularly inclined or perhaps the ultra-orthodox also uh, an issue for you. So there's quite, a, a, you know, in the anti-Netanyahu camp, it's not surprising there's quite a lot of movement and probably a certain amount of uncertainty. So perhaps that's where there may be some optimism uh, that the anti-Netanyahu bloc may come out on top in these elections. The pessimism from their side and the optimism the other side is Netanyahu does very, very well on the day of the elections. Now, people who run election campaigns uh, call this day uh, variously, either D-Day, because it is such an important day, or GOTV, uh, get out the vote. It is the day where sometimes even a third of the budget and resources are held uh, over for. It's, it's massive. Again, are you going to suddenly convince people uh, who, who may be voting one party suddenly for another party? Probably not. But what you do need to ensure is that your people get out to vote, because the difference between let's say a party which managed to get 80% of its people out to 90% of the people out, could be the difference between another seat, perhaps even another two seats. So it's very, very important. And they could is become a lot better. There were a number of years ago, they, they, they were a little bit uh, sluggish on the day of elections. A lot of their uh, uh, branches around the country, if you, and I visited many, were either shut or people sitting around playing backgammon or having you know, tea or coffee all day. Today, they are far better managed and they are far better at managing to get their people out. And there's really good professional communications between the party headquarters and the branches around the country. In addition to the fact that Netanyahu usually has something up his sleeve. We know in previous elections, it was you know the sort of very well prepared in advance idea that the Arabs are voting in massive numbers. So we have to uh, vote to make sure that the right wing uh, government continues, et cetera, et cetera. There's been many things, a promise of sovereignty at the last minute, a promise of this, a promise of that. We see that there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, as we've spoken, Netanyahu is, is a very strong uh, strategist. He thinks ahead. He's got a very strong team around him. I'm sure they've worked something out, which brings us to the last point I want to make before we uh, break for questions, 
is the fact that uh, we just heard in the last few hours that Netanyahu is flying out tomorrow again, 13 days before the elections, um, to go to the UAE, to go to Abu Dhabi. Apparently, he's only going to be on the ground a few hours. Originally, we heard it was just to meet with um, uh, the, the successor uh, uh, to, the, to the king, uh, to the emir, I think it is. Uh, basically, a very, very senior ranking, probably most senior in, in practice, uh, senior ranking uh, member of the UAE. Um, but now it appears that there could be others uh, joining this visit. We see uh, MBS, perhaps coming in from Saudi Arabia. There's also talk of uh, the Sudanese uh, leader as well. So as you can imagine, this would be a massive, massive photo op for Netanyahu. Uh, again, you know, he's gonna be traveling three hours there, three hours back, 30 days before elections. And Netanyahu has barely wasted a minute in the last uh, couple of weeks. He's been up and down the country doing Facebook Lives from every town and city, you know, strolling the beachfronts, going to the cafes, showing that, you know, this is all because of me. So the fact that suddenly we heard a few hours ago that he was canceling all his events tomorrow meant that something was happening. And it appears that he is traveling to Abu Dhabi. It's going to take a big part of the day, but the optics are going to be very, very important. Uh, it remains to be seen exactly how much of an effect this will have. Um, because while Netanyahu certainly touted his ability to make these agreements, to have this diplomatic presence, um, probably, again, the elections will come down to corona, management of, mismanagement of uh, the economy. Netanyahu has not wasted an opportunity to say, oh, he is an economist who's brought Israel out of recessions while there's been global recessions and even depressions. He has steadied the ship. And he again likes to compare himself to uh, Yair Lapid. And he brings up this quote again and again when Yair Lapid was a journalist and interviewing uh, Netanyahu many, many years ago. He said, in a sort of offhanded comment, he said, I, I'm not an economist. I don't know anything about uh, the economy, but you are. And then asked the question. Uh, this video, these comments are being played again and again by Likud, mentioned again and again, uh, which shows again the economy is still. Uh, very, very important. The final, final thing I'll mention is that in elections, it's not enough to run a record. You have to promise something. You have to be forward-looking because at the end of the day, electorates take what you've done and put it in their pocket and say, okay, that's nice. And, and Netanyahu, again, as a great strategist, has been very cognizant of this. And that's why he's uh, basically ensured that he's trying to, uh, uh, you know, show this uh, this idea that only he can bring in 36 million vaccines to make sure that uh, when the effect of the vaccine possibly uh, runs out, we will have uh, you know, enough to vaccinate the whole country at least two more times in the future. And he's basically trying to get this perception that only I can do it. If I'm no longer prime minister, we won't have these uh, vaccines. We won't have this uh, R&D center that we're supposedly signing with Pfizer, et cetera, et cetera. So, Really, Netanyahu is really stepping up his game at this point. It remains to be seen exactly what an effect that is, because so far, for the last few weeks, there's been relative stagnation in the Likud. Uh, they haven't managed to get back over 30, where Netanyahu was hoping for something mid to late 30s and even 40s he was talking about. Uh, but at the moment, he's far from that. But the numbers tonight will certainly uh, be a little bit more warming for him, and he's probably going to have a very good day tomorrow. So remains to be seen what's going to happen in the 13 days from now. And with that, I'm happy to answer some questions. 
All right, thank you so much. So the first question we have in is, uh, in the event that nobody can form a government, can you explain what that situation would look like? Quite simply, you go to new elections. What happens is after the election results are in, um, the president uh, invites the leaders of every party to ask them, who do you recommend to be prime minister? And as we saw in previous elections, basically the one who's most likely to uh, be able to form a government is then invited uh, to try and do so. Uh, they are given, if, if I can remember, 21 or 28 days, 28 days, I believe, and then they are allowed an extension, which invariably happens uh, because, you know, in negotiations, everyone wants to wait to the last minute. And if you know you have another 14 days, you'll wait till that. If um, they, someone, whoever's been tasked with the government, cannot form that government, then the president has the ability to give someone else a chance. If that doesn't happen, or the president doesn't believe that uh, it's possible to uh, task anyone else, and by the way, according to the law, it can be any member of Knesset, it doesn't have to be a leader of the party. In theory, uh, the president could even task number two on a list if they believe that they're more likely, but it, it, it doesn't really work uh, in practice. And if that doesn't work, then we go to elections. And other ways we've seen in the past is uh, if, like, like we saw after the first elections, uh, Netanyahu knew that he wasn't going to be able to form a government, so he basically just called for a, a past a dispersion of Knesset law, uh, which then automatically put us uh, where we are today. Um, so those are the, the two ways, but usually there, there's a good month or two after elections uh, to form a government. So, and and and. What's very, very important is that uh, it could be argued that Netanyahu has not won an election in a long, long while, but he's invariably won the coalition negotiations. If you see in the past, you know, he didn't get the numbers and he had to bring in Barak, he had to bring in Livni, he had to bring in Gantz, he had to bring in uh, Peretz, he had to bring in all these people. So it's, you know, at the end of the day, these numbers that we're talking about, this block, that block, at the end of the day, Netanyahu has been very, very successful in breaking up the uh, opposing block and bringing across the numbers that he needs. So nothing will be decided on the day of the elections. It's not like in the US where at the end of the, when the elections, are, uh, when the results are tallied, you know who is the president. Here, it's usually after many weeks of coalition negotiations and wrangling and discussions and negotiation. So uh, nothing will be decided on that, but obviously it's, it's a big guide to understand what's probably going to happen in the weeks ahead. So one of our viewers writes, Bennett seems to think that he has a path to becoming the next prime minister. Could you describe what that path might be? Okay, uh, it's a bit of a, a stretch, but <laughs> bear with me. Um, I mean, obviously Netanyahu has you know, the greatest likelihood if he can manage, as I said, to get to that magic number 61. If uh, Bennett, as we, as we know, is the kingmaker, so he can demand a lot from either side. Uh, because he could sit in the anti-Netanyahu coalition and he could sit in the Netanyahu coalition. You know, personally, he doesn't like Netanyahu and prefer to see him leave. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, he, he, he knows that he may get a lot more with Netanyahu. If he decides to go with an anti-Netanyahu uh, camp, basically, you know, some like Avito Liebman has said, the leader of our camp will be the party with the most seats. And at the moment, that's clearly, and it will be clearly on the night, uh, Yeshatid. Uh, but what 
was talked about and definitely is being spoken about very, very seriously is after the elections, Yamina and uh, New Hope joining together as forming a, a, a sort of block, which will then be larger than Yeshatid. At the moment, according to polls, that will be around 24 and Yeshatid uh, is around 20. So together they could say, well, now we're the larger party and the larger out of those two is Naftali Bennett. Um, but probably what happened in that scenario is there'll be a certain amount of rotation. Uh, perhaps Bennett will start and then Lapid. Bennett, he won't sit under uh, Lapid uh, as prime minister, even in a rotation. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of promises being made, a lot of declarations being made. Uh, and if we're going to have a government, some of them at least have to be walked back. So uh, also that there's talk of if that happens, if a block is created between Yamina and uh, New Hope, then there's talk of Yeshua Beitenu joining with the Yeshatid, and together they will be even larger. Um, but then would you hope, uh, would uh, Bennett, who, who has another option, would he then, he has the greatest hand of any person in this game because he can sit with either block. Gidon saw at least at this point, Avito Lehman, uh, uh, Yale appeared, uh, Labour Party, Blue and White, they've all said that they won't sit with Netanyahu. Uh, Naftali Bennett is open to it, so he can negotiate both sides and see where he'll get a better deal. So on the, he will not be offered a rotation under Netanyahu. It's, it's unlikely. Netanyahu said he's, he's done with rotations. It could be at the end of the day if it's a rotation or nothing, but uh, Bennett saw what happened with Gantz, so it's very unlikely that he'll fall for that again. Uh, but on the other, on the other side, he can say, either you give me the prime minister, the keys to the Balfour, uh, the Prime Minister's residence, or I'm just going to go to the other side. So he's a very strong hand. So it's, it's not unlikely. It's a little bit of a stretch because so many things have to happen, but it's not completely unlikely. But you can imagine having a Prime Minister with only 11, 12 seats. I mean, it'd be pretty unworkable, but stranger things have happened. And along those lines, can you see Sar Bennett willing to support Lapid, Lapid if, uh, as prime minister without any type of rotation? No, uh, without any, no. With, first of all, the question, even with rotation, according to uh, Naftali Bennett, Sar hasn't gone that far, uh, but Naftali Bennett has said, I will not, uh, first of all, he's, he's claimed he won't sit under a left wing prime minister, and he certainly considers Yale Lapid left wing. But don't forget, Yale Lapid and Naftali Bennett had this, you know, quote unquote, it sounds better in Hebrew, but bromance uh, a number of years ago when they, uh, I think it was uh, 2013, and they basically became a technical block to ensure that both of them made it into the government, whereas uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu didn't want either of them and kept the ultra-Orthodox parties out. So they've worked very, very well. I mean, there's a lot of water under the bridge since then, but they have a very good personal relationship, they have a good working relationship. So it's not impossible uh, that they would sit under a, uh, a rotation, but I think Naftali Bennett would at least have to be first, or him or Gidon Sa, I think it would be hard for him to swallow if Yela Pitt went first. And by the way, Yela Pitt uh, is sounding a lot more flexible. He's saying, even if I do have the largest party, I don't necessarily have to be prime minister first. Uh, so he's, he, he, under, he seems to understand that he has to leave this you know, gap and this, this place open for the potential that uh, a more right-wing party will lead at first in this anti-Netanyahu block. But again, it will come down to the numbers on the day and, and, and again, what will happen after and who decides to 
join together. Will Liebman and Lapeer to join in some sort of technical block or Yamina and, and New Hope join together. And you can imagine because you also have to include, if you want to get to that 61, certainly Labour, probably Blue and White, and maybe even Merits. And you can imagine a party like Yamina, which is right wing, joining with a party like Merits, which is far left, will be very, very difficult. So there's a lot of, uh, even if this is a potential scenario, there's a lot that will need to be worked out. Thank you. Uh, can you discuss the impact of Israel and American interactions upon the election? Also, is there any basis for um, whether US-based politicians are involved in the get out to vote efforts? In Israel, any US, no. I mean, no, there, there's an understanding you don't get involved in the other elections. Is there, I'm sure, you know, if you probably tilt more towards the Republicans, then you're probably like Netanyahu, uh, you know, he, he's a very popular figure on the right side of the political spectrum in America, but on the left side, he's, he's uh, not, not particularly favorable. So I'm sure, uh, I'm sure the people on the left side of the political spectrum in America would, would love for him to be voted out. Um, the interaction, there's very little interaction as we saw under President Trump, uh, you know, he gave a massive boost, whether it's photo ops, whether it's, uh, you know, giving, uh, sort of promises, whether it's agreeing with a wink and a nod to sovereignty in line with uh, Netanyahu's promise. In the end, it didn't happen. Uh, but there was a lot of, you know, we saw Netanyahu uh, put up his posters, you know, massive billboards with Trump alongside him. Uh, that certainly, you know, the, it would be impossible for Netanyahu to do that with Biden, President Biden. So there's a lot less of a, a, an input. Uh, people are watching to see what is the relationship uh, between Netanyahu, whether it's as strong, it's, it's not going to be as strong as Trump, uh, but it's really on the margins of the debate at this point, um, coming up to the elections. So when considering who to vote for, Israelis aren't really considering who would best deal with the Biden administration currently? I'm, sh I'm sure it's somewhere in the thinking of some people, but I would certainly suggest it's not high in the thinking of most people. I'll leave it at that. Understood. And uh, where does the joint list stand now? The joint list is uh, polling around nine. Uh, that's quite uh, a way down, even if you factor that Ram, which uh, split off, is not even at four seats. It's between three and four seats at the moment. It's entirely feasible that it will pass the threshold, but it's entirely feasible that it won't. And most polls have not shown it go, uh, go over. Um, but you know, there have been voices, certainly in Yeshatid, which say that we would have no problem with having uh, uh, the joint list in our government, uh, even some of them as ministers. There's been some disagreements over exactly who. Some have tried to sort of say most of the parties in the joint list would be welcome. Uh, I think probably tolerated is probably a more accurate word, but Balad, which is a more extreme uh, party, would not be. Uh, there are those voices, um, but Yeshatid definitely being, you know, the largest party of this anti-Netanyahu bloc, knowing that it could, that it at least needs that hand, you know, because you can imagine those nine seats or whatever it will be on the day of the elections uh, will be very important because they could easily go to uh, President Rivlin and say that we recommend Yair Lapid, and that would be nine extra seats uh, when uh, uh, 
President Ripon does his calculations. So it would be very absurd for uh, Lapid to rule them out at this point. So he's been very clever in that respect in saying that he can potentially see them in. Whether they would be in a, uh, in a government, certainly not with Yamina, probably not with uh, New Hope or even uh, Yeshua Beitenu. Um, but it's it's a very important uh, hand, you know, uh, as I said, during the uh, coalition negotiations to show that that is an option. Uh, so that's where they stand. But the, the likelihood is that they won't sit in uh, in any government. And is Abbas likely to be a player or at least make it to the Knesset? Mansour Abbas? Yes. Um, as I said, uh, his party is in the majority of polls polling under the threshold. Uh, there have been some outliers. Uh, they're close. They're close. Uh, if they do, uh, if they don't pass, it won't be by much. Uh, they're between, it seems, between three and four uh, percent. You need 3.25 uh, to pass. Um, so, you know, it, it, it remains to be seen exactly what will happen. On the, when, when you're that close and, and merits is the other side of that threshold, and blue and white is just the other side of that threshold, and religious Zionists. So, it, you know, it matters how, how much their voters are getting out and also how much the general population, because at the end of the day, it's split proportionally. Um, so it, it will remain to be seen, you know, because the total vote, uh, the voting population, when you have to decide, uh, because if it's low, that could be good for some of the more sectorial parties. If it's high, then it's usually good for the larger parties recently because the... Um, the, the amount of uh, voting in, uh, amongst the population has actually gone up in the last few uh, elections, which is quite remarkable. It's 5% and 68%, even 70% of the last elections. And that usually works out well for uh, the incumbents. And that's uh, Netanyahu and less well for some of the smaller sectoral parties. But again, uh, we can see examples in Israel's history to show both sort of sides on this. But at the moment, it doesn't seem like he's getting into the Knesset, but he's he's very close, so anything can happen. Thank you. And in our last minute here, um, with Netanyahu flying out to the UAE and meeting with um, this big group now, uh, are, are Israelis speculating as to what that something could be? Well, it, it, I mean, I'm sure that it's not just going to be a meeting. I'm sure that they will roll out something. Interestingly enough, you know, it's come out, the details have emerged that the, uh, the Emiratis did not want to have this meeting uh, so close to the elections. They didn't want to be seen as interfering in the elections. And it seems that uh, Yossi Cohen, the head of the Mossad, you might think it's remarkable that the head of uh, intelligence in Israel is being used to try and uh, strong arm a foreign friendly government into having a meeting as a photo op for an election campaign. But that's the reality that we're living in. So it seems that Israel must have promised something, uh, offered something uh, to have this meeting, uh, because as we saw, the Emiratis certainly didn't want to have it. Um, I'm sure there'll be something that will be signed, if it's an MOU, if it's an understanding, if it's uh, an agreement or something. There's even talk of um, the skies opening between uh, Dubai and, and Tel Aviv again, that people will be able to travel even as much as next week, uh, considering, you know, you, you, Israelis are not really allowed to travel to too many places in the world. Uh, that could also be part of it. Um, but it's definitely, there's something going on behind the scenes because the Emiratis did not want to have this meeting and suddenly this meeting is happening. 
very, very close to elections. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll know tomorrow exactly what comes out of it. But most of all, it will be about the optics. You know, one can imagine Prime Minister Netanyahu with the leaders, the UAE, possibly Saudi Arabia, possibly Sudan. This would definitely be a, 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 a tremendous uh, feat for Netanyahu and certainly uh, will be will embolden his supporters, whether election day this will really be factored in remains to be seen. Um, but I'm, because I'm sure as we get closer to elections, coronavirus will come up again, the economic situation will come up again, and that will fade a little bit more into the background, but certainly it can give him a boost. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. We've come to the close of our webinar. Ashley, thank you again for taking time to update us this week. Absolutely. For our viewers, please join us Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern for a webinar with Douglas Fife discussing why the peace process will not die. Thank you all for joining us and I hope you have a great day.